and we're live. You say it the same time, same way every time. Yep, it's it's gonna be the thing. And we're live. All right. <laughs> well, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. How about you? I'm doing pretty fine. Did you hear about the uh, situation in Canada? Have, like <laughs> wildfires or something? Just a few of them. Just a few, like to the point of where like the smoke is starting to carry over to here. Apparently, I like to think that this is all started by one man. <laughs> <laughs> one man just smoking a cigarette and just decided, you know, just gonna, you know, leave it here. Nothing bad's gonna happen. Dude, he's like, "Oh no, you set the magical teleporting caribou on fire!" Poof. All of Canada bursts into flames. Just a typical Tuesday in Canada. Obviously, Canada is a land of myth and wonder. <laughs> I get a little too far off topic now. <laughs> so, a little disclaimer first off. Um, we're both dumb in our own rights, but we're also smart in our own rights as well. So, we don't know that much in comparison to people with PhDs and stuff. But, we try to do what we can. Mm-hmm. This is the part where I would say, and our opinions can, will, and have changed. Yes, uh, that I don't is. I feel like saying that, that today. Oh, okay. Guess I have. Okay, guess you're forcing me to take the lead after the cheese thing, huh? <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you did take like the majority of the lead for the cheese thing. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, like you said. Our opinions change like as if they're, well, water. They're very fluid. So keep that in mind. Mm. So I'm going to take the lead with a topic today. Well, I'm going to start off my segment today. Depends on how long it runs. So I, I'm going to talk about connected versus attached. Are we talking this about construction or are we talking about people? Oh. We're talking. We're talking about people. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that question. People probably would have been confused. But <laughs> so, in construction, when you attach, no, I'm kidding. So, let's see. Connected versus attached. So we're talking about like the relationships for like romantic, platonic, friends, brothers, sisters, all that. So, let's go into stupid notifications. Let's go into what is attached right? There's, like, a lot of stuff online about attachment styles, about, like, anxious attachment, avoided, secure attachment, all that stuff. But, when I looked around, basically scoured the internet and went to sources, I don't remember what they were, but attached seems to have a majority, not a majority, seems to have, like, a consensus about it, that it's about something being attached to something, obviously. Which, but let me go more detail. Wait, Monty, you're telling me that attachment is when two things are attached to each other? Okay. I'm going <laughs> to go into more detail, alright? <laughs> so, attached is more like a leech on something. It's negative. It's got a negative connotation. Yeah, exactly. Versus connected, that's more of a positive connotation. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. So, Attached, right? It's like something that comes from a child, for instance. A child is attached to their 
mother with her father, versus the father is connected to the wife, and vice versa. So, this attached thing can be very unhealthy for people. You agree? Yeah, I mean, naturally, if you're attached to someone, it kind of implies that they're not attached back to you, I think is the gist of it. Yes, but, okay, I would say attached also kind of goes into codependency. The connection, though. Because connection well, implies go... it's two-way. Mm-hmm. Yes, but this is where I'm opening the floor a bit to, like, some discussion, right? Because mm-hmm. I think attached is typically one-sided, but it's based off of dependency. Like, a parent, no, not a parent, a child's dependent on, you know, the parents. But the parents never really dependent on the child. Unless, like, that's their source of happiness, right? Well, that's even then, it is more attachment on the child's part. Exactly, because it's, I would say, more one-sided. But slowly well, over time, it'll build to a connection, is your theory? Yes, because it becomes more... Mutual. Give and take. Yeah. So, like I said, with uh, attachment, I'm going to talk a little about being connected. So, connected is usually two-sided. Not usually. Kind of always is two-sided. I haven't seen a situation where it isn't. So, it's two-sided between two people. Let's take some good friends, for instance, right? They would have conversations on the regular, they would basically be there for each other, that kind of thing. Versus someone who's attached, it would be more like they would be giving more than the other person is giving back. So it'd be more like, oh, gonna say something? No, I'm just, I'm thinking about it. It's a very interesting theory. Okay, alright. So, yeah, attached... I would like to say it's akin to simple, right? <laughs> what? Yeah, it's. I would say it's akin to simple, where you're giving more than you're getting back. Are you saying sin? Simping. Oh, simp. I was like, it's akin to sin. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> if you're attached to somebody, you are automatically a sinner. Burn the child. <laughs> <laughs> burn every child you see but they are attached to their parents so you're saying that all kids are simping for their parents <laughs> I mean don't pull yes. me into this Freudian <laughs> philosophy garbage with you <laughs> listen man the kids are simping for the parents <laughs> we need to stop them before it's too late but seriously though so I talked about what I think attached and connected is. So, do you have any I, thoughts on the thought, the things I talked about so far? I think you've hit the nail on the head, personally. Alright. So, when I was thinking about connectedness versus attachment, I was also thinking about camaraderie versus compatibility mm. and how those two have, like, might have some correlation because, well, when you think compatibility and camaraderie like and then you think connected versus attached there you have to think there might be something connected there 
There's a correlation, so, a connection, you could say. <clears throat> Moving on. <laughs> Try to make that as awkward as possible. But, all right. All right, so. <laughs> that was funny. All right, so. Okay, so I'm going to talk about camaraderie, and this guy's going to talk about compatibility, assuming that, you know, you remember. So mm. camaraderie is more situational, I would say. Well, we would say, I guess, where you would have some two people who might normally not be friends, but they are friends because they are in the same situation. Like, example, military. That's a very good example. Two people that you never thought would be friends end up becoming best friends because they were in military. And then, say, my dad, for instance, he goes to see some random dude who was in the military because he was in the military at some point as well. They automatically act like they're friends, even though they never knew each other. And there's like, oh, yeah, you were in the Navy? I was in the Air Force. Yeah, what's up, man? How are you doing? How's the kids? Jeez. Yeah. But you you get that tighter bond through conflict. Yeah, that's the, that's the idea of camaraderie, I would say. Not, not necessarily, like, mortal peril conflict, but... Nah, mortal peril all the way. <laughs> I guess like, that is what parenting is. <laughs> I mean, look at the Avengers, my guy. What was it, Endgame, I think it was? Yeah, Endgame, Captain America, Iron Man. We all know why they came together. They made 50 of them. <laughs> like, I swear. All right, but... Ridiculous number. But now on to compatibility. Yeah, go ahead. Being just naturally how predisposed you are to liking someone else. It's essentially the low effort version of camaraderie because if you have camaraderie, you worked hard for that. But if you've got compatibility, that's just innately in you and, you know makes it much easier to connect with somebody and much easier to also stop connecting with them and completely socially ostracize yourself. Hooray. Okay, I'm I'm going to take note of that right quick. Mm. You know, okay, you know, I'll interject. So, okay. you say with compatibility, it's easier to come off of somebody. Yeah. I don't entirely agree, nor do I entirely disagree, but what I'm thinking is if you're compatible, you'll want to be friends or whatever with that person in question. Yeah. So I would say it would be hard to, but not as hard as camaraderie, maybe. But that's the thing, right? You can be both mm-hmm. compatible and comrades. Okay, fair, fair. But the whole point is, it's much harder to break a camaraderie than it is to break a compatibility thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... We have that, and then I really could bring us into nature versus nurture because camaraderie compatibility also has a correlation. But you know what? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna stop ourselves from getting too deep into a hole now. So really, though, the the short of it is that camaraderie is nurture versus compatibility is nature. Basically, yeah. yeah. Well, guess we did that already. All right. <laughs> so now the correlation between that. And attack, well, 
you know, camaraderie, compatibility, connected versus attached. So when I look at that, like I'm literally looking at a document with it written down right now. Like I'm not even kidding. So when I see that, <laughs> I see a correlation between attached compatibility, connectedness, and camaraderie. That's what I see. Mm. Any thoughts mm. on that? No, I'm I'm just mulling it over because well it's an interesting theory. I am kind of wondering like how exactly you draw that connection. Okay. So in my mind, attach. Well, okay, hmm. Now I need to think about this more. But when I think compatibility, I think like you see somebody, you talk to them for a bit. And then you are friends relatively quickly. I would say that that might fall into the attached category, but you could just as easily say that that can that can fall into the connected. But I would say, uh, as like a hard fact, that camaraderie is definitely connected. Hmm. Because I would say that that's like a bond forged by iron. So it wouldn't necessarily one person giving more hmm. unless hmm. wow this is actually a pretty interesting predicament how so so well here's the thing right so camaraderie it doesn't just go into play with like oh yeah good camaraderie like oh yeah we went to the military together no that can also like account for like abuse in that situation because you've gone through a lot with that person. Yeah, because that also can, like... Because, you know, nature versus nurture in that situation. It also implies that it can be attachment as well. Exactly. So, I would say that camaraderie and compatibility doesn't really have a correlation with connectedness and attachment. But the unhealthy versions of camaraderie and compatibility can be attached and vice versa for connected. And healthy real... versions could be connectedness, is what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the important part here being the exchange of trust and, you know, other mental important things like, you know, caring for one another and such. Yeah. The more of that See, is exchanged, yeah. Okay, so I was mainly just doing this part because of the fact that it was in my four, not four, so it was just in the rules for life, that thing. So I decided, you know what, why not? I like giving advice, so why not? So, now, since this is advice, I have to tell you how to try to um, avoid attachment. And, you know what, to be more specific, I'm going to say unhealthy attachments, because... People can say, oh, yeah, I'm attached to this person. Well, they're, like, you know, more connected to it than attached. So I'm going to say unhealthy attachment, just a preface. So a way to avoid that is to really try to reflect on yourself and try to know exactly what you're doing, how much you're investing, stuff like that. Any other advice you want to give? I would say another way to avoid attachment is to not step in wet concrete get yourself permanently attached to the floor?
we're having another moment of silence right now because <laughs> that joke, <laughs> that joke. And here lies comedy, tragically fallen to the worst joke ever produced by mankind. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. That joke was funny. We but lived. I just had we laughed. We loved. <laughs> We've grown attached, and that's why we die. All right, but so, do you have any thoughts on the, uh, in, well, any advice? No. Okay, so we already know, like, some of the downsides of being attached, right? Yeah. It can obviously be unhealthy for both people, because I would say, in essence, when you're attached, you are. I would say you're trying to get your needs met. And by needs, I mean like social needs, like you know. Well, it could be physical needs too. Important. Think about the parents' analogy, right? Okay, okay, yeah. You know I mean, what? Think That's about true. you know, remember Stockholm syndrome? Oh yeah. That pretty much is just if I pretend, well, if my body pretends to fall in love with this guy, which for us, no difference, right? Okay. Then I get the guaranteed safety that he's not going to kill me in his murder basement. You know. Hmm. I don't want to be killed in a murder basement. Okay. <laughs> so. Okay, I kind of lost a train of thought. Um, can you can you uh bring me back on it? So we were talking about connection and attachment. But we, yeah, that's what we're talking about the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. The, okay. The tangent is the main co- content this time. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, how um, it can be unhealthy. So, we know that attachment it can be unhealthy. And, yes, it does also not just mean social. So, it's also like, um, basically, I would say people get attached because they want to get their needs met. As I said, social, but as he brought up very elegantly, as like actual like, survival needs, like food, water, shelter, because, like you said, Stockholm Syndrome. Say it for me, I can't say it. Stockholm Syndrome? Thank you. My tongue decides it doesn't want to work today. So, yeah, that's basically what I would say the downside, well, what bad attachment can look like. So, the obvious downsides is you can be obsessive over a person to the point of where you might make them uncomfortable. And that's something you definitely want to avoid at all costs. Well, okay, let me rephrase that. That's something that you want to typically avoid. But there are times when you need to make people uncomfortable, because let's be real. People in their comfort zone can be bad. So, the downsides of being connected. Now that's something I didn't think about. You got anything for that? Well, I think that the whole point is the downsides of being connected is that there really isn't because an attachment is one way, right? You're giving resources, social or physical, to another person in exchange for nothing. Yep. But a connection is the exchange of social or physical resources, which by its nature, both parties have to want – well – there's some connections that can be forced, but most times it's, you know, 
willingly participated in. Okay, can you give an example of an example of a forced connection? So, I'm thinking in diplomacy terms, but you could probably scale it okay. down for a friend, but you do you know about the idea of puppet states? Um, no. So, sometimes a kingdom will conquer another kingdom, like in ye olde medieval times, right? Yeah. But they don't want to give the appearance that they've conquered all this land and that they're now super powerful. So, okay. instead of like claiming that land as their own, they'll say, okay, you can keep your land, but we're putting like a king who likes us on the throne instead. Okay. And so for all intents and purposes, it's a connection because you're exchanging social resources. But it is unhealthy because, you know, one person's definitely getting the better deal of the two. Even if there is exchange on two ways. So, then, you say that falls into connected. I would say that falls more to attach. It it could very well be attachment. But I'm trying to bring up the idea of, even with our example in the army, there might be two people who would Mm -hmm. hate each other's guts outside of the army. But because they're assigned to the same group, they choose to form a connection. But... After they leave the army, that connection might flounder because they don't actually want to be around each other. Okay, so I'm going to go to camaraderie real quick. So what I'm hearing you're posing is a camaraderie-connected relationship would be strong around like a certain premise, like the military or something. But the moment the premise is gone, that connected can backfire or just fall apart? Well, it's because you have a stimulus that's causing people to want to draw together, right? Yeah. Once you remove the stimulus, you've kind of... You're testing the strength of that actual bond. Because Mm -hmm. if you no longer have a need to be bound together, why would you be bound together? Okay. So, okay, that makes sense. So I would say that the connected and attached fall into subcategories of camaraderie versus compatibility then. Because if, like like you said, a connected relationship that's based on camaraderie, if that support foundation falls and it's all dependent on how good the support beams are good at holding up the building. And I guess that would just be the relationship. Versus compatibility. Um, hmm. Well, that's interesting. Connected with compatibility. I don't really th- know how that could really fail. But I would say if it did fail, it would probably be like a catastrophe, though. Well, that's isn't that what marriage is in a lot of instances? What do you mean? You mean when they fall? Or... So think about it. A marriage is two people who are definitely compatible with each other if they've decided to do this. Yep. And they are ba- bound together. That's like the literal closest thing you have to being connected. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, if one of those two people changes, you've lost the compatibility. And so okay. If you, 
lose that central compatibility, now it falls apart. Okay, so, okay, that makes sense. And then now let's slide over to attached right quick to kind of wrap up my segment. So, attached with the side of camaraderie, that's obvious. No, that's like your Stockholm Syndrome, your I need my mom so she can feed me, that type of thing. And then compatibility attached, I would say that's, well, hmm, like a person just, I don't know, I would just say simple. Compatibility attached? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it's physically possible because the idea of compatibility implies that both people have a trait the other wants. Yeah, exactly. Um. So it could be, if you're looking at it from that perspective, that somebody has the illusion the other person has that quality. Whereas the person doesn't and does not see the qualities they want in them. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Same thing. <laughs> that makes, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense, actually. Because you see a lot of examples of people who've never met, you know, the high school crush syndrome. Uh, yeah. You make up fantasies about this person, that awesome, amazing person. They're just human. Nothing special yeah. about them. I would have to say that also goes into like some advice versus connected and attached. Don't fall in love with, like if you like someone, don't don't fall for the idea of them. Fall for the actual person, alright? Well of course. That's a problem a lot of people fall into is this idea of oh, this person's so great, this person's so kind or whatever. Like, you actually have to talk with them. And oftentimes talking <laughs> with somebody, you realize that as I said, they're just human. They're not some superhuman like grace machine. Now there are some people in history who are probably exceptions to that because there are some people who through sheer grit and determination are pretty much superhuman, but the, like that's not everybody. Most of us are just, you know, ordinary people just trying to live our job like days working 95. Right. Man, this is going to get off topic, but let me tell you, I really do not like the idea of working a 9-to-5 for the life of me. Really? Explain. Mm-hmm. Man, just the idea of having to wake up, go to work, <laughs> <hang on. Okay>, just, <laughs> just the idea to wake up, and go to work at the same time every day by doing, like, what someone else says and let's assume that the nine to five pay is pretty good right because if it's bad that's, that's an entirely different thing but i would say just the lack of freedom for me personally you want flexibility yes and that's why i want that's why i'm looking for a job that's pretty well open to just let me do what i want but of course as long as i bring in the the money you know well that's the thing but i think still. is interesting about being a person who owns a business versus being a worker mm-hmm. because as a worker you have that complete stability of i do go to the job at the same time every day i do get a paycheck in the mail every week or every two weeks i know it's always going to be worth this amount i know i'm going to be able to feed myself to pay off my house right 
Mm-hmm. As a business owner or somebody with one of those more like unstable jobs, there is a chance that you just don't make anything one day, that you lose things one day. But That's true. You have that freedom of knowing it was your choices that brought you there. Because we've all met somebody who worked a 9-to-5 who definitely wasn't working as hard as everybody else. You know? Those people are, like, a lot of people. (laughs) We all know John Doe who goes, says he's going to take a bathroom break, sits and watches the entirety of The Godfather on the toilet. I know what you mean, bro. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Having just stolen, like, a hot dog that you were cooking... He's eating it in the, like, dirty bathroom in the outback. You're telling me you don't have bathroom snacks? What's wrong with you? But you'd never hear stories about, like, about that in business because all business is is working your butt off until you make at least a little bit of money. You know? <clears throat> Unsuccessful yeah. people don't succeed, surprisingly, when they aren't given that safety structure. Wow, who would have thought? But, you see, I'm not looking to be a business owner, but I like speaking hypothetical, imagined situations, because, well, that's the nature of me. <laughs> so, when I imagine myself as a business owner, I imagine myself as somebody that would care for the little guy in the business, you know? I would care for, say, like, you're working for, for my business, I'll be trying to make sure that you have all the stuff you want because I would want to keep you around because, well... Well, don't we all think like that at the beginning? Well, of course. I think that there is that kind of connection to the working man at the lower levels, but as you raise, you kind of lose yourself in this bubble of being wealthy, you know? Well, I would say if you let yourself be lost to it... It's kind there, of hard not to, though, you know? Well, there's a, uh, I think there are a few business owners. Like, I heard about, um, specifically Google, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently they have very good working conditions, where they're allowed to sit on beanbags, um, <laughs> 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 they can, they can basically, like, work, like, not necessarily what hours but they get more freedom in choosing what their hours are and if they work from home or not yeah. but not saying they have absolute freedom of course but they have a good deal of choice in the matter well this is the thing though they're allowed to sit on beanbags but they're, are they allowed to sit at desks on hard chairs I, I don't know that but because they, I don't know there is actually a really interesting story about a company. I believe it was a advertising firm where, and getting a bit into Hez's history here. <laughs> All right. So, you good with the tangent? No problem. They decided they were going to revolutionize the office space by ha- letting people have all this freedom, right? Yeah. So they decided they're going to go completely paperless. They decided that they were going to have, you know, like, boats they were going to bring in so you could sit on one of the rowboat, like, seats and then do your work on there on your laptop or whatever, you know. They had Mm -hmm. beanbag chairs. They had fireman poles. They had, like, all this crazy stuff, right? 
Yeah. The problem was they got rid of all of the desks and the ordinary furniture to make way for that stuff because they were like, who would ever want just a desk, right? Ah, uh, okay. I see what's going on. Immediately, one of the things they noticed was that all of the workers went into the meeting rooms, which were the only ones that hadn't changed, and just sat down at the desks and did their work. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, I don't know, like... That gives you, like, the Sims vibe. Like, you block the way to the toilet, so they just go outside. Well, you know what they found was interesting about it? Hmm. Because they didn't give the choice between the two, the people hated the company for it. Okay. So scientists said to do a study where they made three different kinds of, like, office buildings, right? Mm Mm-hmm. One where the only choice was this bland furniture, average office stuff, right? Yeah. One where it was all the creative stuff. And the middle one where the office was split half and half and workers could choose where they worked each day. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the productivity was so high in the third one. Like, this wasn't like a, oh, 10% increase. This was like a double increase in productivity for the third one. And some, yeah. Go ahead. No. Well, no. Some people still chose the boring office stuff, but they knew the option for the crazy, like beanbag, rowboat, all that stuff was there, right? Okay. So I want to know your input. Okay. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Because um, I would say that a good deal of people would want to stay in the familiar. To know that they have the option to pick the more unconventional or the more fun route, I would say that choice, having that there in of itself, is going to bring some satisfaction. Well, the interesting part about this is there wasn't actually just three rooms. There was a fourth. You know what the interesting thing about this one is? It was empty? No. They told them, you guys pick which side you want. But then, once they voted on it, they always made it the fun office. Hmm. No matter what the vote result was, lowest productivity of them all. Ah. So, because they didn't feel like their voices were heard, they were absolutely horrible, they hated their jobs, they didn't want to be in the office at all. Interesting. So really, it's all about giving your workers exactly what you're talking about, Monty. You know, the feeling of agency that they get to choose. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I were hypothetically to become a business owner one day, then the key in that in the situation would be to make the employees feel like they're being heard then. Heard and that they're, like, when they ask for something, actually have it done, if it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or if I it's mean... not, tell them it's not. <laughs> it's better than just being just... quiet, right? <laughs> yeah. This is for all you business owners out there who are forcing your people to work an extra, like, five hours without giving them good pay. Yeah, you know, all the business owners listening to the two 18-year-olds ramble on some random podcast. <laughs> yeah, business owners. Sure, you might have a business and have credentials, you might have years of experience, but nah, these 18-year-olds that know absolutely nothing, we know everything. That's how it works. Gosh. Completely ignore the disclaimer we had. 
All right. Um, all right. <laughs> so for Hezbollah, you got anything? Because I took up like a good portion of the time. No, I, I think that I wanted to spend my time debating this because it's a very interesting topic to me. Oh. This idea of agency, you know, and we've we've dug into it quite a bit here. Okay. Well, I think we can always dig a bit further. Well, so, of course. <laughs> so, if we take a second to think about why people leave their jobs, what do you think the overall consensus would be? Okay, so have you ever worked at a job, Monty? <laughs> I have. Have you? I have, yes. Uh, oh, okay. Then you have a little bit of experience then. Yeah, so the big thing was obviously just scheduling. Like, I didn't feel like I had the time for it once, you know, you get okay. into certain areas. But also, uh, this applies to any job pretty much. And I'll admit, my work did a great job at doing it because I'll tell you, I worked at a fast food restaurant. Okay. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I think was the most genius thing they did for their job was allowing the employees so much money of store credit for food every day. Mm -hmm. Since you got to order a $20 free meal. That makes sense? Yeah. It cost the employer less because you know how they sell everything for a markup profit. Mm -hmm. But then you're only paying the initial cost of the food. So you're able to give them $20 worth of value for only actually like $8, right? Yeah. But the other thing was it was $20 and they got to choose which food they got. It wasn't you get a staff lunch that's like a hamburger and a shake, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember some days where people would like, there was this really awesome shake that came out that cost like, nine bucks <laughs> and okay. every member of the staff like you wouldn't have enough money to order a hamburger if you got this shake because it was like a big shake <laughs> mm -hmm. but every member of the staff ordered it for their lunch break and they all bonded over how awesome the shake was <laughs> and i gotta tell you we worked really hard that day <laughs> So, agency, you know? Yeah. So, I also decided I took the liberty, utilized uh, some Google mm -hmm. to look up some reasons why. So, first off, they said low pay, which, well, you know, that yeah. can make anyone leave. Lack of career advancement opportunities, which I would say that goes into like the 9 to 5. So, I would have absolutely no idea, but I'm going to take a crack at the guess of it, right? So, if people are going to go for advancement opportunities, I'm going to make a huge assumption here, right? Mm -hmm. This is probably going to be wrong, but you know what? It's better to shoot and miss and to never shoot at all. So I'm going to make a guess and assume that a good portion of people are not necessarily go-getters. Where if they want something, they wouldn't really be willing to get out of their comfort zone to go get it. Unless, like, they learned it or they just happened to be that way. I think so the difference at... is, 
everybody's a certain amount of go-getter, but a lot of people mm-hmm. don't have the drive to, like, when they encounter resistance, keep going. Okay. That makes sense. Because that also goes in the situation of lacking advancement opportunities as well. Because I would say the resistance might be, oh, well, what if the boss disagrees and decides to lower my pay? Or, well, I don't know if that would happen, but you get the gist of it. Well, it's kind of hard to advance in your career if you're not asking, like, hey, what can I do to possibly get this promotion? What can I, like, can I do overtime? Can I work extra hours? Can I... Yeah, taking taking initiative. Yeah, taking initiative. Another reason I found was feeling disrespected at work. Mm -hmm. And, you see, I could have like a whole segment on perceptions are not real and like how you could feel disrespected but the other person can perceive that as like them not actually disrespecting you like i'll give a short example so how i talk to you or some of my friends for instance i can sometimes talk in a way that's somewhat like arrogant where i'm like oh yeah i'm the best i'm the best like a joke kind of but some people tend to take that as, wow, you actually think you're better than me. That's, huh, that's kind of disrespectful. You think you're all that? But, you know, of course, it's a joke. But still, perceptions are not entirely real. But they are based on something. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So, and then the other, another reason is child care issues. I have absolutely no idea on this part. Me neither. We should probably avoid it. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so not enough flexibility. We talked about this, Mm -hmm. I think. So, yeah, those are basically the five things that I found for reasons why people would leave their job. Yeah, matches up pretty well, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, heck, even disrespect is going a little bit into that having your voice heard, being able to be flexible about it, right? Yeah. So I think that's the end of uh, our topics for today. It is. So, so tell me. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on. Do you have a minute prepared, or do I? Because <laughs> I have one prepared, but I mean, yours is always funnier. Uh, so, you know, I figured. You're, okay. you're, uh... We've been doing a lot of movies, right? Wait, 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 wait. Where are you going with this? But what's your favorite book, Monty? No, wait, hang on, hang on now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so my favorite book, it's uh, Surrounded by Idiots. Really? Yeah. Is it a, a non-fiction great. research book? Yeah, it's, it's a non-fiction book, yeah. All right, all right, so Monty... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, Can you summarize yeah. the central message of this book in one minute, do you think? <laughs> uh, maybe? Maybe? I, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Alright, three, two, one, begin. Okay, so the book Surrounded by Idiots is a concept that people surrounded by different people of, like, different ways of acting will perceive people as idiots. Like, for example, someone who is, like, very, um, 
let's see, very disciplined versus someone who's not very disciplined. They'll see each other as idiots. So, yeah, so this book, like 40. I said, was an idea. Oh, crap. Okay. <laughs> so, um, where am I stepping with this? So, he basically categorizes people into four different colors, red, yellow, blue, green. Red is usually like the, oh, yeah, I'm the dude that goes and gets whatever I want. He's basically very competitive, all that stuff. Yellow's hyper-energetic, hyper-talkative, very nice. Green 20. Stuff. Green is like the passive introvert, all that stuff. And those that left blue, blue's like the super analytical introvert, all that stuff. And apparently when they get drunk, they act like, I don't know, a different color. I don't know. I, I haven't read. I need to read that book again. But anywho, like I was saying, so basically... Time! Uh, you know what? You know what? I got like 90, 80% of that, so I'm happy. I mean, all I pretty much heard was there's colors, and they're different colors when you're drunk, so. <laughs> okay, well. Sounds like an interesting book. <laughs> okay, but check out the book Surrounded by Idiots, though, because it's a pretty good book. It basically talks about, well, how people are. Well, ways to categorize people. Because hmm. we always love labeling people and putting them in boxes. I love putting people in boxes. Everyone loves putting people in boxes, but I would say especially. Stop! I don't want to get oh. shipped to the Canadian wildfires. <laughs> Oof, that reminds me of Australia's wildfires they had. Seriously, what is up Wait. with the United Kingdom, and just <laughs> anywhere there was British, there's just divine retribution coming down upon them. <laughs> oh, this is a. Uh little off topic but we didn't get your take on the uh what was it um oh yeah so if you had a choice between a stable job but not a lot of freedom versus a job that wasn't very stable but a lot of freedom which would you pick freedom i'd pick freedom <laughs> every time okay i would say most people would pick that i guess I think that a lot of people early on would pick like the money and stability, but it it is important to think about freedom as well. Yeah. Well, it's been your local idiot, the smartest idiot. And I'm the dumbest genius. And we are signing off because we have better things to be doing besides talking to you guys. <laughs> no, don't. You're making them cry, and not cry the smoke about. stinging their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye.